Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Good morning. Well, it's morning for me. I'm actually recording this podcast episode in sunny Perth. And my voice, I know, sounds a little bit croaky. That could be either um, morning voice and or a result of me presenting uh, over the last couple of days or doing a lot of talking. But I wanted to record this podcast now before I have to go and jump on a plane. And today's episode is really looking at how it is that you can manage yourself and your mindset in high pressure situations, high pressure conversations. And really it's going to be looking at how you can be winning the inner game And the reason this is coming to mind is because of my project in Perth this week and some conversations that I had and some observations that I made that I thought could actually be useful and applicable in different situations. So I wanted to share it with you. Oh, and by the way, thank you for listening. Uh, So as I said, I've been in Perth for the last couple of days for a project with Nova, a radio station, and... You know, it's something that is a little bit different from what I normally do for work. And I said yes to this project last year and it went really well. And so they asked me to do it again this year. And so I said yes. And so that's great. But it is something that's different from what I normally would would be doing in my work and in my business. And so there's a different kind of energy that I've noticed in the lead up to this project And I guess that's partly why I'm talking about it today. And so this project is something where it's it's fairly high stakes. What I'm doing contributes to an overall bigger program or bigger piece of work. And so the impact of of what I do and how I do it actually has significant spill-on effects to other people in the business and to the business more widely. And so there's a lot of content for me to remember and a lot for me to deliver on in different ways. As a side note, I've also had the opportunity while I was here in Perth, because I'm from Perth originally, all my family are in Perth and I live in Sydney now. Uh, This trip gave me a great opportunity to catch up with some of my family. So I had an impromptu catch up with my brother for lunch yesterday, which was awesome. I don't get to spend as much time with him as I'd like to. So that was a really great little bonus. And then last night, I actually got to catch up with three of my sisters and again, had a catch up with one of them where we got to actually talk, just the two of us for like an hour or so. And she has two beautiful little boys, but she didn't have the kids with her. So it was just her and me talking and connecting and it was so great to to do that and then two other sisters joined us and we had 
um, a drink and we had dinner and oh my god I have not laughed so hard for so long it was really great so I really feel like in addition to this great work project uh, I got a real top up in the the tank of connecting with my family uh, again which was awesome anyway back to the project Uh, so during this week I had a conversation with one of the people that I was working with that she brought up about uh, noticing how different people respond in I guess high pressure situations and so she wasn't talking about me it was a conversation about others that she works with and noticing the different responses that you know even if people can have all the same information and the same access to knowledge that there's still a range of different responses that different people have in that critical moment whatever the scenario is there's a critical moment where suddenly the stakes get higher or the pressure kicks in. There's something uncomfortable or unfamiliar or something that's in that moment. And the different responses that people have in that moment and the influence of that response on what happens next and the outcome that they get. Whether some people would take the approach of of doing what's sometimes referred to as leaning in so really moving towards and acknowledging it and accepting that moment that feeling or as they say if the flight or fight response takes over and in that moment it triggers behaviors conversations or language that that person wouldn't normally have chosen or that wasn't necessarily the wisest response given the sort of outcome that they're looking for. And so in this conversation, it was really interesting uh, that it was brought up. And I guess that made me think about how I handle high pressure situations. And I guess the different choices that we have about how we develop the skill of handling those situations. Because no matter what you do for work or in life, there are going to be these moments and they're almost like little crossroad sliding doors moments that if you choose one response or or reaction, it's going to lead to a series of other moments and reactions and responses that could take you a long way away from what outcome you want to achieve or they lead you straight to it or something even better. And that's what I think I find interesting. And it reminded me of a great quote from Viktor Frankl, who was, I believe he was a a psychologist and he was captured and was in one of the concentration camps during World War II. And he wrote a a really great, inspiring book, uh, the name of which escapes me right now. But the quote that's relevant is... Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Oh, I just, I love it for so many reasons. When you think about the context of where he was when he wrote that, because he wrote it about noticing the different ways that people responded in the concentration camps 
and how I guess certain people did things that they probably would never have thought that they would ever do. But that's a different tangent story. But what I wanted to explore today is some thoughts that I had as a result of that conversation and of a result of the last couple of days delivering here about how you can actually start to manage that inner game and win that inner game in order to bring your best self to managing those difficult situations, those uncomfortable situations, unfamiliar situations, so that you can really just tap into the wiser self of you and bring, I guess, your best game to whatever that situation is. So there's a couple of things or elements to it that I have thought about. One, the first one is, for me, is mindfulness meditation. And I know that I've talked about this before, and I'm sure I will keep talking about it in the future. But for, for me, it has just been an incredibly powerful tool to add into my toolkit that has helped me develop skills and capabilities that I just think serve me really well. And they were probably things that I wasn't even aware when I first started mindfulness meditation that would come as a result of this. And it's one of those things that I think sometimes people can be a bit dismissive of meditation, either in just regarding, oh, meditation is not for me, I can't quiet my mind, I can't do it, or dismissive, and maybe that's not quite the right word, but they can just say, oh, well, you know, you should just meditate and everyone should just meditate. And neither of those, I think, is a great way to approach it. Because for me, when I think about it, I, I truly believe that my mindfulness meditation practice has built up a level of resilience and an increased level of awareness of myself and really awareness of what's going on with me, both in that inner story and my body and what's around me, those thoughts that come up, the feelings that come up. And this doesn't happen instantly. And maybe that's why some people you know, decide that meditation is not for them because they, they want these great outcomes, but they want it straight away. But I believe it, it builds up over time. To be honest, I don't even pretend to fully understand specifically what is going on in my brain or how exactly mindfulness meditation has helped me build my sense of resilience. I just know that that's the experience that I have had and continue to have. And that I link that to my mindfulness practice. For example, specifically, and these are things that I'm really just curious about. And I'm also aware that me sharing them potentially might sound, make me sound like a bit of a freak or something. But anyway, one example, this week when I was leading up and doing some final preparation for the presentations, there were moments where I noticed certain thoughts popping into my head or feelings coming up of nervousness. Um, things like, what was the thought that I had? Uh, it was something like, you're going to get it wrong. You haven't, you haven't really learned that piece. 
or you know those kinds of things as just a thought popping into my head and what was really interesting was not every time but there were many times when those thoughts just popped up that I actually noticed that I recognized that that was a thought so let me just try and explain so the thought pops into my head um, you haven't done this good enough for example and my response in my head was that's an interesting thought and then I noticed that I had that response and I was like oh well, that's even more interesting and in that moment what happens is that I noticed that all well, is just a thought I recognized it as just a thought it's not real it doesn't mean anything more than I allowed it to mean and for me that's the space between stimulus and response because in that moment of recognizing it allowed me to notice the thought and not get caught up in the thought or what it meant or let it just take over which is what can sometimes happen when we don't realize that a thought is just a thought there's these trains that leave the station and before you know it you've had this one thought and now you've ended up catastrophizing and calling someone to cancel doing something because you've, you've allowed this thought to become real now do not get me wrong this does not make me perfect at all but for me it is and has been a circuit breaker to that runaway train that allows me to consider well what about that is true and if it, there is a part of it that's true what are my options of what I could do to improve that change that etc so I know I'm sounding like a mindfulness evangelist uh, and maybe I have to accept that maybe I am I'm definitely a mindfulness advocate and I guess hopefully that gives you a practical example of how it has played out and supports me in day-to-day -day what I'm doing so that's one thing that I think that you could consider to help you manage and build up the skills to manage high-stakes situations a second thing that I have recognized is really influential is preparation. Really, you've got to put in the time to prepare for whatever the high stakes situation is, whether it's a conversation that you have to have with someone, whether at work or in your personal life, or it's some kind of presentation that you're giving, a pitch or something like that. In any situation where the stakes are high, where you care about the outcome, you really have got to give that situation, that scenario, the time to prepare. An example of this is uh, earlier this week before I came to Perth, I was working with some clients and they've got a number of team changes that are happening within their business that have been happening and are continuing to happen they're at a bit of a crossroad with their business about the direction that they're, they're wanting to to go in and there's a conversation that they need to have with an important team member and you don't want to just rush in when you're in that kind of situation and so as an action you know what we agree was that they actually had to book before they have the conversation they had to book time to prepare for the conversation. And sometimes I think people will think that that might sound a bit weird, but when you think about the significance of an outcome, if, as I said, you care about the outcome 
and it matters and it's influential, then you want to put that time in so that you don't just rush in to a reactive conversation without, you know, having some clarity on, right, what's the approach that I want to take to this conversation? Um, What is the key content or the points that I want to cover? What are the questions that I want to ask? What do I want to know more about? What's the ideal outcome that I'd like to get just from this conversation? If you consider all of those kinds of things to prepare, then it will set you up to have a, a greater level of confidence about that situation, which helps you to manage the high stakes conversation. And there's another quote that I heard from Benjamin Harvey from Authentic Education. I don't think it's his quote, but that's who I heard it from. Uh, And it has stayed with me for many years. And it's, uh, don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. And again, I am definitely not perfect with implementing on that. But I have kept it in mind when I'm preparing, especially for a presentation where I don't want to just wing it. Sometimes winging it is great. It's the perfect approach to take. But when the stakes are high, when other people are really depending on certain things being delivered or being delivered to a certain standard, then that repetition of preparation is critical. And that leads to the third strategy or idea that I wanted to share with you in today's episode and that is about being present. So if you're thinking about being in a high stakes situation and managing that inner game of what's going on to help you achieve the best outcome possible, being present in the actual moment of the conversation, of the presentation is a huge influencing factor of how that's going to go for you and whoever the recipient, the audience are. And you know, one of the nicest compliments that I think I've ever received, or certainly in recent times, was when I caught up with someone recently and, you know, she was talking about her situation and uh, I was sharing a few things that I was working on. And she said something along the lines of, she said that she just admired how fully present I was able to be in the different scenarios that she had seen me in and working in, being fully present despite how busy and how much I have going on. And it was a really lovely compliment because it is something that I strive to achieve is to try to be fully present with whatever I'm doing or whoever I'm with. It is sometimes a really big challenge but it's something that I strive towards. So that may be why that compliment meant a lot for me. But when it's showtime for you, for whatever situation you're in, it gets to that point where it's showtime, it's game on, it's happening now. It's at that point, it's at that moment that you have to trust your preparation and trust your inner wisdom and be present to the moment because people can feel it if you're not really there or if you're super super nervous and therefore that sort of suggests that you haven't prepared for something and being present allows you to actually be open and responsive 
to whatever happens or, you know, whatever it is that's in front of you. And that allows you to tap into that preparation and the experience that you've had to bring your best game and to hopefully achieve the best outcome possible. You'll be far more effective and therefore more likely to get a much better outcome if you can be fully present. And it also, I think as a bonus, allows you to potentially learn more about either yourself, how you respond in those high pressure situations to give you some ideas of things that you do well or things to look out for as triggers to notice, oh, I'm, I'm having this response. So you can learn more about yourself, but you can also learn more about the other people involved and what's going on for them. Because if you're fully present, you might find out things about the situation, about the other people that you just didn't know before. And those things might be a really crucial piece of the puzzle that could really influence the direction of the conversation or the options that you could consider of of solutions and, and where you go from there. But if you're not fully present, if you're so caught up in either your own inner dialogue of questioning your ability or beating yourself up because you haven't done enough or you're not good enough or whatever that nasty voice is in your head, then you're not able to really tap into and, and get the most out of that situation. So being present is a great skill to develop and explore. So they're the three tips I guess I have for you around how you can build up some skills to help you manage high pressure situations a little bit more effectively. So I hope that gave you some ideas. Maybe you could choose one to experiment with this week. And I'm going to go and finish packing up my bags and head to the airport. And I hope that you have a great week this week. And I'll talk to you next week. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.